When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. I remember sitting at my desk and I had this grandiose thought that I was building a story with my life. Yes, we are back with another episode of The Measurables, powered by Revolt. Actually, I, I say this all the time. You're powered by God, but we are brought to you by Revolt. Shot by my brother, Cali Vision. Today we have none other than the lovable. I mean, his brother's lyrics are incredible. Voice is even more impassioned from Philadelphia. My brother Pink sweats. What's up? What's up? How are you, brother Sweats? After that intro, I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I need that recorded. Listen to it in the morning. <laughs> just wake up out of bed. Just get that. Like, ah. Oh man! Hey, so I ask people this all the time, like as 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 a precursor to what we're going to talk about, how are you and how's your mental? I'm good, man. I can't really complain. I feel like life is is a roller coaster. Absolutely. And I'm glad that it goes up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Sometimes yeah. Sometimes people talk about the downs, but it's like it always goes back up. So Amen. That's a beautiful thing. Amen. So I think by now everybody knows you're from Philly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But my question for you, you have such a prolific like love voice Damn. and like i mean it, it's it, it's it's such a um like what corners of your upbringing led to such a refined lyrical palette cuz it's not just about love it's it's the way in which you describe it that's just like man that's prolific nobody never asked me that before that's a that's a good one um i honestly i i feel like just growing up in church and recognizing the power in a voice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like, especially for the black community, that's where we get a lot of our roots and things. Mm-hmm. Whether that's reading, doing music, whatever, we learn a lot of that there. And I feel like for me, it was learning, and maybe I wasn't consciously learning, but just feeling the difference when this person sings and that person sings. Right. Sister such and such. Right. She got a different vibe. And it doesn't mean the other person... It just like certain voices can make you feel a certain way. Correct. I mean, it's the vibration that they're moving on 
that some kind of way it affects you and you're like, wow, like I was sad today and I came to church trying to fake it. And then she's saying, and you now, you made, <laughs> you, now you made it. Now you made it because you're yeah. releasing. Right. That person has that kind of vibration with their voice. And I don't know if that's something intentional that they'd have. But for me, it was something I very much had to find my vibration through my voice. Yeah. Because. I think, man, I'm not trying to be too deep, but maybe I am. No, go deep. I feel like the You know the conversations we have, bro. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. (laughs) The vibration that we live, sometimes, like, even from when you're young, they teach you to not speak up, to not be outspoken. And I feel like that's a, you know, inhibitor to your voice. So it's like you teaching kids to not be loud and... Hey, they talking too much. Oh, sit down, sit down. Y'all doing too much. So you innately teaching these people to grow up to be adults wow. who don't speak, who don't feel, or they feel, but they're not articulating what's going on. So all the power is removed. So it's like once you speak or once you get familiar, you have, it's like as an adult, a lot of us have to get familiar with our own vibration because we're in character. Mm. So we're trying to mimic Someone else's vocal vibration. Right. Thought vibration. Right. But it's like, for me, I had to find my own thought vibration and my own voice vibration to be able to articulate my own message. Wow. So, yeah, that's how I look at it. That was a long answer to it. No, no. So, so what I find amazing is when when I was growing up in uh, Altadena, there are, uh, there, there were, we lived in a very mixed community. Yeah. And a lot of the black children kind of got that, you know, like, in black households, there's something called the look. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know about that look. I do. <laughs> so, like, that look you would get, will re- it, it, it would level set you yeah. to just let you know, hey, bro, if I got to <laughs> say some words, I'm going to put hands on you. You know what I'm saying? But, like, a lot of my Anglo partners, they didn't really have that. Yeah. So they was kind of just kind of, like, running and, like, being loud and boisterous. And what that does is that carries over to, like, your adulthood. Mm. And when you're professional... It's no, it's 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 not a coincidence that a lot of our Anglo brothers brothers and sisters they like they it's like no that's not right no that's not right <laughs> because they're familiar with that because, vibration exactly whereas we we've been told a lot of us not all don't 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 you get too loud mm-hmm. be quiet quit talking like that yeah or just that look like that you just spoke of our parents our community sometimes they unknowingly are inhibiting us like they're mm. they're the inhibitor and they don't even know sometimes because they just want you to stay safe you know right. what I mean? and sometimes that's that fear of i want him to be safe please like they start giving you those looks not just out of pure anger and stuff but they trying to teach you how to be in the real world but they don't even understand the real world correct <laughs> you correct. know what i mean correct they're not maneuvering life how they want but they're teaching you these things and i feel like Shout out to them for trying, but it's mm-hmm. up to us once we acknowledge, like, okay, well, they did their best, but now I have new information. Now you got to break that, you know, that mold that they kind of set around you they wanted you to be safe with. Right, right. Now, what I need to know from you is, is, is before we get into, like, where you are now, is there something in the water in Philadelphia, PA, <laughs> brother? It's such a rich musical background yeah. and it's a lot of us there because you know like you know the yeah. boat stops several places uh-huh. along our diaspora that's one of the places yeah. but like you know you come from a church i mean it's very well documented you come from a a, a, a very uh christian background so yeah. it's that secular situation like were you aware of 
the Philadelphia International and all like the were you did you no, know about this? I did not. So man. so so how did this develop, bro? <laughs> That's what I'm I'm so fascinated with. Because I feel like perfect analogy. You see a tree. Let's say it's uh I was just in Africa or I shouldn't say Africa. I was in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um and I saw these like beautiful, beautiful trees and we were riding up the uh Nile. Uh-huh. Boat. And I was like, those trees are so beautiful. I was just, you know, admiring them. And the guy came up. He was like, yeah, people pay a lot of money for those trees. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, they'll come, point out a tree, pay like 15, 30 grand, and they'll get it sent to where they live. Wow. And if you think about it, that's really how life is. We're all taking something from somewhere else. Hmm. None of this is original. You know what I'm saying? So it's mm. like we're learning from our parents and things. And I feel like I got lucky because it seems lost now, but people probably don't remember. Everything came from the church. Everything. Everything. Community-wise. That's everything. where we learned everything. All the greatest singers at a certain point, they had to come through church. Like people didn't just come off the street Correct. and like had no checking or like – proving that this person was good it's like right. even executives would be like oh i want to come see you at your church right Can you move them right <laughs> you know what i mean right so for me i feel like i was lucky enough to get that experience to just be in church and not even on like a i feel like i honestly probably missed a lot of the spiritual stuff because i was so young mm. um but just how i reacted when i heard music for me, that was like, it made church worth it because I didn't like going to church. You're young. You're like, man. Because, hey, yo, we, we, we be in there all day. <laughs> all day, man. You go from one service to, and sometimes my parents, we didn't do a lot, a lot of church, but we did way more than the average person. Like, right. Some of my friends, they probably would be in like three services a day. We probably would do two, which is still so much. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? Right, right. That's so much. You on a Sunday, you wake up early, eight, seven. 8 a.m. You yep. gotta be at church by 10, eat breakfast, all that stuff. Bible, Bible, mm-hmm. uh, they, like what they call it, Bible school in the in a yeah. I don't yeah. remember what it's called. Bible school. Yeah. So you do that like you Sunday church, school. Sunday, yeah, Sunday school. So it's like you do all of this, and by the time you get home, it's like 10 o'clock, and you got to go to school <laughs> tomorrow. You feel so gypped. You like, man, like, yo. I just all want my to wake friends up. having fun on the weekends. Not me, man. But look what it like. Look what it. Look, look what came of it. Look Yo, what came of it. I'm super. I'm, I'm genuinely. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, But the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like in my I'm 30 now. Like now this the this kind of the age where I started to reflect a lot on like my journey throughout life and I'm like, man, I'm so grateful for my parents even though they didn't really know. They, my parents were young. They had me. They didn't really know, but they was like, I just want to instill this one thing in you. And for me, it set like a lot of boundaries in my life. Yeah. Where Yeah. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. 
In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That gave me the strength and the courage throughout my life to just do what I wanted to do because I feel like sometimes the universe will put tests in front of you. Yeah. And you'll just keep facing that same test. Talk that, yeah. And like... Uh, this probably switches topics a little bit, but outside of being a singer or a songwriter, for me, I view all of that as forms of entrepreneurship because I have to steward all of these gifts and talents. And Correct. I'm, so for me, the way I look at it is like my parents were my first testing ground. Yes. They, t- they gave me all these tools and then I had to use them. And sometimes I had to use them against them. Right. <laughs> because they built, like, my right. dad kind of gave me a lot right. of entrepreneurial qualities, and yeah. he would teach me certain things about, like, I remember when I was young, and I would say, I can't do something. He would get really upset. As he should, like, though. What? Yes. That's, you don't say that. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, why, but I can't. What I just say? Don't say that. Right. If you ain't, if you can't do it, you will do it. And right. we don't say I can't. Right. And I would never would understand. I would just get so frustrated because I'm like, what else words can I say? You know, right. you're a kid. Right. But I had to use those same tools against him. Oh, and right. That, that was the ta- that was the challenge of like it felt like a movie when it happened because I was like 18 and I graduated high school and I, I was kind of a lost kid because I always knew what I wanted. Uh-huh. And I read the reason I say I was a lost kid because that's how it comes off when you're young and you know what you want. You right. actually feel lost, right? Because it seems like everybody else is telling you what you want, and, and you're like, like no. I know what I want. I'm telling you what I want, <laughs> yeah. right? So it mimics the feeling of feeling lost because everybody else is going this way, and you're like, no, I want to go over here, right? So even though you know you're going the right way, it mimics that emotion of being lost. And I feel like for me, I got used to not needing validation. So mm. by the time I got 18, my dad would say certain things. And I'm like, nah, I want to do this. He's like, well, how you going? It don't matter. You told me that I can't say I can't. Boom. Like, well, what Boom. you going to do for money? I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And he would be so confused. I'm like, you taught me this. Right, right, right. So you got kids, so it's coming for you, too. Oh, right. I know it's, you it's, still in no, them. No, it's, it's already here. Yeah, <laughs> I got I, like like I have two sons. One, the tallest and the oldest. I want him to play basketball. He's like, I don't want to play basketball. <laughs> I want to. He said, I want to travel the world. I want to be on the debate team. Also, wow. I want to do stocks. Man, I how, love your kids. Like, man. how am I gonna argue with that? <laughs> you can't. On the other side, on, on the other side, I got my younger son. Got two cuts in his eyebrows, like Big Daddy Kane. <laughs> this dude, he, I mean, he's totally with the shit. <laughs> I mean, completely with it. He told me the other day. He said, Daddy, I just want to be the best. Yo, listen, man. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I mean, like, I I share with them what I wish my parents would have shared with me. And they shared a lot. Yeah. But what you understand as a young adult is that your parents, a lot of the times, aren't smarter than you in something. They were just here before you. Mm. And that's what you got. That's what you got. Yeah. Because the world they grew up in is always different than the world. 
Like the way you grew up in the world you grew up in, mm-hmm. totally different. Completely. <laughs> like in every aspect, it's like yeah. it's certain like lines that you can draw, and they connect. Yeah, sure, but for the most part, it's all different. Mm-hmm. And like the kids now, they just have so much access to information that it's like you can't really tell them too much mm-hmm. that they don't know. It's right. Like, you can't like back when we, you know, we coming up. It's like people say, "Cause I said so." Oh, bro. You can't do that no more. Oh, bro. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Bro, do you, you remember so. that saying? Yeah, I heard it so much. Because I said so was like, bro, that's like, <laughs> I tell people all the time, there's something called uh, a come to Jesus moment. <laughs> I know you've heard this. <laughs> Listen, the come to Jesus moment and the because I said so, those were synonymous. <laughs> Yo, because I said so was just disrespectful. Bro. Yes. It's, it's, it's like, I don't my, want the answers. <laughs> Bro, it's like you're in my mind right now. My mother would always say to me, don't you ever say to me, how come? (laughs) If I say it, it's gospel. (laughs) To you, I am the Messiah, pretty much. But hold on one second, because because I want to stick to the script because I only got you for like an hour. So it's so much. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited you're here. My question is, how old were you when you wrote your first song that you felt this is the one. Ooh, oh, I'm about to go off of this one. <laughs> Man, I probably was 19. 19? That was probably like one of the... I was probably like 10 songs in. And I don't remember the song, but I remember thinking, oh, yeah, I'm out of here now. Word. Do you it remember what happen. it was about? <laughs> no. Honestly, I was writing on someone else's song. So okay. It was... Uh, Ah, man. Actually, so this is how I found out about, like, Kenny Gamble and mm. all these uh, legendary figures in Philly because I think one of Kenny Gamble's daughters was working on a song with, like, some of the friends circle that I had. Oh, wow. And I was new to the friend circle, so I didn't really know anybody. I didn't know any- anything about music or anything. I just was, like, just raw talent. And they were working on the song, and then uh, somebody was like, oh, we never finished it. Like, they needed, like, a whole second half of a song. And I was like, yo, man, like, I tried. You know what I mean? I just jumped in there, did my thing, and then everybody was like, yo, that was crazy. Like, Fire. And I just felt like this jolt of, like, yo, I made it. I didn't make yeah. it. But it felt like yeah. it. <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm out of here. Like, and then they started explaining to me, like, right. then I think it was revealed that I didn't know much. About like, the industry or about about songwriting? About no, what? They, they was like, yo, this dude is nice, like, writing songs. I just had a natural knack for it. But then they mentioned, like, a name that, like, mm. everybody in the room knew. I think it might have been Kenny Gamble. And I was like, who? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And I was like, what? You don't know how you make music and you don't know? Yeah. So it was kind of like a bittersweet thing because I was like, one one second ago, y'all was like, man, this dude's awesome. And mm-hmm. then when I say I don't know this person, it's like, well, how do you even make music if you... Yeah. So, just, so, so, so listen, y'all, as a collective, educate me. Well, that's what... You know how it is. Sometimes we, we like to joke first before we get there. So for yeah. me, I was... And I wasn't used to that because in my house, we weren't allowed to joke on each other like that. Wow. Which is weird for... No bagging. No nah, dozens. We never did that. So for me, I didn't even understand... Like, people really make it fun, like, until later. Wow. And I was always an awkward person to make fun of because I would never react. So people would just be like, eh. 
Like, because yeah. I really don't understand what you're saying, and I don't know why you're saying that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it'd be like my mom, because my mom, when she was growing up, I think like she got picked on when mm. she was younger. So then when she was raising us, she kind of like would be like, you know, don't do that. Like, wow. and, my, and my dad was kind of similar too, because he always wanted us to have unity. So he didn't like to see us. Yeah, going at each bickering other, bickering and fighting. So like, I couldn't even fight my siblings. Like, if I hit them, then I I I get in trouble. If they get hurt, I get in trouble. Even if I didn't do it. Wow. So it taught me a lot of responsibility, as and, and that kind of plays into my life now as a man. And I'm a, I'm not even saying that he should have done that, but I'm saying because he put so much on me so young, it developed like a mental strength that I can handle a lot more. Versus, wow. like, my siblings, they were younger. So it's like, when I look at our lives, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Because. Yeah, you didn't get that pressure I got. You didn't have the pressure. And I was like, oh, man. I, at the time, I was jealous. But now I'm like, I'm grateful. Because I'm like, man, sometimes you just don't realize those things are really building you to be that, like, the king that you're supposed to be. Even though Absolutely. it's not ideal. The conditions are not ideal. But the outcome is. So, as a designer. There, 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 there are things that I see, and I'm like, oh, man, I wish I'd have made that. <laughs> like what? I just want to know. So there is, um, there are these slides that Manolo Blahnik made. You got a picture of it? Because now I'm probably going to want to get them. <laughs> hold on one second. Hold on. And, and uh, hold on one second. Where are we at? Where are we at? We way out. Oh, here we go. Look at these. Oh wow, yeah, these crazy. Okay, like I I, 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 I look at those and I'm like, man, I wish I would have made those first. Now, now I'm gonna do yeah, a derivative crazy. of these, yeah, naturally, because I'm like, nah, yes sir, yes sir, nah, nah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting in on, yeah, this. yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm eat that though. <laughs> so I ask you that because is there like is is there that same level of intensity with songwriters where you hear a song and you like, oh man, I wish I'd have wrote that. Yeah, honestly, yes, man. I feel like what song? It's this is super random, but um, it's a song by John Denver. Mm. And wow. It's man, it's in my wow. little playlist joint. I don't want to mess up the name. Who put you on the John Denver, bro? Bro, it Spotify did. Uh, take it's see. This is why I always mess it up because it got two names. It's like. Take Me Home or Country Road, like whatever one. Uh-huh. But, yeah, it's, it's a very famous song. Um, yeah. But I never knew he sang that song because that's like a song that a lot of people have redone. Um, yeah. So I was like, man, I'm listening to the way he's singing these lyrics. And some of them don't rhyme. A lot of them don't rhyme. But I'm feeling everything he was saying like I was there. And I just remember. Wow. Like, it's funny because I'm feeling it right now just talking about the song. But wow, I was so used to, like church music which was to me at the time was just strictly feeling because i don't know what they talking about right i don't know what the power right. this or that of jesus yeah, I'm like, he bought the sunshine in my yeah. life you like all right I don't get it <laughs> right right but i feel it <laughs> right. the voices right you know what i'm saying so by the time i was able to start selecting music on my own i became like intrigued by words and trying to chase that Whatever I felt at church, it's like uh, it's like when you see your first car that makes you excited when you're young. You're like, mm-hmm. man, I seen that car, and it's like you chase that feeling. 
Yeah. Like for me, lyrics that can paint a picture have always been like my go-to. Like a vivid picture of something that I want or something that just makes me feel like, man, I could relate to that strongly. Wow. And that song, it's just like country road, take me home. And I just remember like, it just takes me to being young, like going back and forth to North Carolina from Philly, because that was vacation back then. We didn't really go nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's just like mm-hmm. North mm-hmm. Carolina, yeah, back to Philly, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but in 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 those trips, were you happy or were you just like, ah, oh, man, I'm not trying to go have no more cornbread? And- <laughs> no, honestly, I was super happy because it was something. I've always been an adventure, adventurous kid. But mm-hmm. I, we just didn't have the means for adventures. Right. <laughs> so right. Uh, <laughs> right. I always had this feeling that I was never supposed to be in one place. And I can remember just being really young. I'm talking about like seven and having thoughts like I'm not supposed to be here like, mm. where I'm at. Like I shouldn't be here. Like it just wow. felt off to me. Like Wow. And I would think I'm like I really I would like talk to my teachers sometimes and ask odd questions. And at the time, I didn't realize it's odd, but I would just realize, like, man, they would even say things to me like, "Yo, you're you're different." Wow. And you're like, I would try to fit in with the other kids because I went to like a very bad school. Like it was wow. horrible. I don't even know why our parents sent us there. They should have just kept wow. us home. But Are you- <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. I, I remember asking my teacher uh, about. Like, I think I said something about life or, or school. Like, why are we here? Wow. And I remember her um, her face was just, like, confusion. Like, she really didn't have an answer. Hmm. And I saw that. And ever since then, I, like, locked in that, like, nobody has the answers. And I probably was, like, nine. But wow. at that time, I just clicked. Wow. Oh, these people don't know nothing. But you can't say that kind of stuff to adults. Correct. <laughs> correct. Yeah. yeah, correct. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but I just I think I think we all have that thing in us and it clicks at different ages, different times. But for me, it was really young. I just always knew the circumstances I was living in. Like my dad, he always talks like because he's from North Carolina originally. And he like, yo, yeah, we grew up like sometimes we ain't had no shoes. We'd be walking outside with no shoes. Oh, wow. He's like, but we didn't know we was poor. And I'm like, yeah, but I always knew. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And and I could tell that we didn't have much. Wow. And I I could see the world for what it was. At nine. At nine. Yeah, probably around seven, honestly. But I'm saying nine was like the full scope of like, I'm I'm not doing anything traditional. Like, I knew I wasn't going to go to college. I knew that. Life was probably going to be a little harder for me because I didn't want to do the normal things everybody else wanted to do. But Correct. I also wanted to fit in at that particular time. So it's like, I I, I literally, this is, I'm getting chills right now. I remember sitting at my desk and I had this grandiose thought that I was building a story with my life. And how old were you again? None. I'm telling you, I was sitting in the seat. And I was thinking like a movie, like how you see movies, like yes. people go from nothing to something. Yes. I literally saw that that young. And I was like, yo, I have, I literally said to myself, I have to make a story. Wow. 
So I was I would just wow. start doing bad in school because I'm like, who gonna care about the kid who always did good? That's what I'm telling myself. I'm like, if I always did good, then then I'm making a plan to like not follow my main plan. Mind you, I didn't even have a plan. But I knew that <laughs> right. it would force like Something the fight else. or flight instinct. Like either I'm going to win or it's all over. And I didn't know what I was going to do, but that was just, it was in my brain and I saw it clear as day. So, so I feel like I lied to a lot of people when I used to say like, oh, I didn't never know this was going to happen. I never knew how it was going to happen. Yeah, but, but you I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. <laughs> you understand? That right there, brother, was beautiful. That was incredible. That was incredible. So, 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 so you're a son of the church. How did you mentally avoid the tug and pull of spirituality versus secular? Because I'm sure somebody said something to you somewhere. Wow, that's deep. You, yeah. you know what's crazy? In that area, I always separated my life. I feel like church life was one life, and outside of church was a different life. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and I, I also wasn't, uh, I wasn't the average kid, man. Like I was very open and honest with like adults, especially as I got older. I would like go to the strip club, be out all night, yeah. come to church early, and people be like, "Hey, what you? What, how are you? What you was doing?" I'm like, "I was at the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> like I was having a ball. Like now I'm here. You know what I'm saying? But for me, yeah. I always hated how church." Like, people would come in and act different, and I just hated that. I, I always despised that, like, people changed their voice when they came in. Right. They act like they didn't just argue with their wife in the car. Right, right, right. It's like, for me as a kid, I was always a seeker of truth, and it's like, I just want somebody to be real. Like, wow. I'm tired of all the lies and, oh, go to school, get an education, get a job. It's like, but you did that, and you just said you, you was crying in front of the church that you don't have a job. <laughs> Right. So why are you going to teach me that? Right. And I'm not coming at those people, but it's just wow. like, don't try to teach stuff that doesn't work. Wow. I understand the fear that comes mm. with living in this world because it is what it is. You cor- Of course, you want your kids to get educated, you know, and do these things, but you have to be honest with them. Correct. Because if you lie to them, it comes back to you later. Because say they do everything you said. And it don't work don't out. Work. Then they're going to say, Dad, you told me. Yeah. What you going to say? Well, I ain't really know. But why you tell me then? Ugh, it's damn, tough. That's real. It's so tough. That, so so knowing that, when you and your queen have you all, when, when, when you all have the children, and you see one of them isn't as talented as the other one, you're going to be like, boy, you ain't got no talent nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> to be funny, I would say that. <laughs> To be funny, I think I would say that because I'm like, dang. Oh my God. But I would try to identify what parts of me that they uh, have inherited through, you know, the traits. Yeah. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And what parts of her they inherited. Because me, I never got encouragement like that. Mm. But, like, life in in the field of, like, hard work, that encouraged me. But, like, yeah. people never, like, nobody ever really, like, believed in me before I did something. 
Your no. mother, so your your parent. There was nobody in your community that nah. was like. My, you know what? I'm lying. My uncle. Yeah, it's always one somebody. Of my, one bro. of my Come uncles. On, one of my uncles. I would say he was very instrumental in like talking with me about things, and as I was doing them. Yeah. But he he's my uncle by marriage, so technically, the way I look at it is like he got my blood. Do- no, no, no. I was doing what I wanted to do and I was coming to him. Like I didn't he didn't encourage me at first to like, yo, yeah, you should do it. It was like I was already doing it and I would come to him for information because he had already kind of gone through the music industry bumps mm, and right. You know, he I learned from other people mistakes in that essence. And I shout out to my uncle Tommy. Yeah. He's he's my uncle by marriage and he's technically my only uncle cuz I grew up around like a lot of women like all my mm-hmm. my, my mom and her sisters yes. on that side. And my my dad my, my mom to be clear for viewers my parents are divorced. Okay. So I I grew up in the house with my dad but a lot of my time with my mom was all women. So it's like every weekend I'm going to my mom's it's like five Six women commiserate. <laughs> yeah, they just giving you bars, doing their thing. So yeah, 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 absolutely. I got like a crazy balance there, but so it's like it's 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 just like the smell of the hot comb and the pink yeah. mustard lotion. I grew up in a hair salon. Yeah. Like I literally was. That was my first job was sweeping the floors. Yeah, you know what I mean. And my aunt would give me like twenty bucks or whatever because it's like you just there. Like man, I might as well do something. So are <laughs> you, know you so mean? so so are you like sweeping and like singing into the broom, like? <laughs> I wish I was that. Honestly, I was. I was. I did not think I could sing, man. That is. I did not knowing all of the songs that you put out. (laughs) It's crazy. It is insane to me that you feel that you couldn't sing. Uh, The octave that you have. Sometimes I feel like God had to give me that because, or else I'd be too out of control. That's my kryptonite. It's like I know so many good singers. Just in my family, like I'm not even the best singer. Like. My brother sing, my mom sing, my all my aunts sing, my grandpa sing. Like everybody sings. Everybody. So it was like I always just felt like, dang man, I'm not really that good of a singer. But I feel like my strength became in my words. Like how I articulate the lyrics. What I'm saying. It creates like a a feeling and like yeah. understanding uh, understanding I learned this in church. And I don't think it's exclusive to the church. I think a lot of religions practice this. Um, that like words are like spells, right? Mm. So I kind of learned that through church, and just like my parents being like, you know, I grew up in the hood. So when we were growing up, my parents focused on things that affected kids in the hood. They didn't focus on a lot of other things. So I was able to listen to most music. I could not listen to hip hop. I could not wow, listen to Wow, that answers my next question. What type of music was played in the home? <laughs> Gospel or nothing. Because really, my parents didn't really listen to a lot of music. That sounds funny, but... But they were. But the majority of them were singers. But that's they weird. Didn't, they didn't listen to a lot of music. So what So so what music do you... Rem- are there specific artists? Are you like Donnie McClurkin or the oh, Clark man, Sisters? Oh, Franklin, dude. Oh, okay. Stomp. That's my God. Yeah. Okay. He, he was just... He was a rebel at the time. Like, Absolutely. Old people hated him and young people loved him. Yeah, so, and I was one of the young people at times. Yeah, so, yeah. I love Kurt Franklin, and and um, I feel like for me he was uh part of my journey to show me that something different is possible. Because before he came in, everybody was just singing the same old songs, "Amazing Grace," mm-hmm. with a different beat. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> in a different mm-hmm. tempo. Yeah. When he came out, it's like, I'm like, yeah. yo, what yeah. is All my people say. You yeah. can do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Absolutely. He was cool. Like, people started playing him in the clubs. Bruh, and I've I would seen. hear the older people like, I was at the club last night. And it was like, you like. Bruh, when they played Stomp, it was, a, it, it was a club, rest in peace to the Century Club. It was a club called the Century Club. And they would play Stump, and people was out there like, like, like they was playing Sipping my prerogative. Like, like, bro, like they was playing my prerogative. Yo. Listen, it was on and popping. Man, shout out Kurt Franklin. Man. Shout him out. You know, you know what's interesting about Kurt Franklin is that he doesn't sing. He's like the ultimate hype man. Yo. But the people behind him, all the all, all them thick sisters from, yeah, they from they the Carolinas. And the thick brothers. And the thick, be- thick brothers. Now, <laughs> my people say, listen, listen. All right, so you got it. So, all right. Um, we met via um, Charlie the Stylist. Yeah, yeah. I made your, uh, your, your your wedding tux. And we met in the Valley at that studio. I don't know if you remember. Um, on, on, it was Larrabee. Yes. And, you know, I was tapped in on you from 17 and at my worst. Word. I mean, like, bro, I was tapped in. Tapped in. Because I think, I think. At, at at the base of it, every black person has like has some type of musical talent. I think every I black person that, does. Yeah, I, I mean, I like like do. I mean, like we we just do. And how like you were just in there like in the studio, and like you went into the control room and and you were just playing this beat. I forget what the beat was, but I was just like, man, like this dude has just talent just dripping <laughs> off of him. Man. It was just it, it was just so easy. It, that's my most natural language is music for me. I I feel like even my wife is funny because she'll be like, you're so, uh like, one day we were talking and, and she was like, you're so good with words. I'm like, am I? Yeah. Like, I feel like when I'm speaking sometimes, that's a, that's an unfamiliar vibration for me because I once I started articulating myself, it was only through song. Wow. Because I feel like... At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Man, this deep. But I feel like when you're growing up in, in the hood and stuff like that, that environment is only catering to a certain emotion and frequency. Mm. And... That's why I feel like we connected really well because you have a, a high vibration and I feel like it's so unfamiliar when you meet brothers that come from, you know, the hood or inner cities or just, just the struggle in general. You kind of realize, like, man, there's a vibration that's trying to force itself on you since you were young. Wow. And it's like, wow, why is it that everybody caters to this thing or this way of thought or this way of just doing that's not conducive to themselves or their community. It's not by chance. It's trying to force itself on you. Wow. So it can perpetuate itself. And it's like, for me, I always realized being young that being a good person 
wasn't conducive in that environment. Right. And I was like. Right. Because it's going to eat you alive. Yeah. Or everything you do that's good, it's like a spin on it. Right. It's like, oh, if you, like, I, rem- I remember I-, I gave somebody like $2 and somebody was like, oh, he got over on you. It's like, or maybe wow. I just gave him the $2. He said he needed it. <laughs> right. I'm not the inspector gadget to like right. follow him around. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, it'll even make you, right. that, that, right. that, while we do have a lot of good in the communities that we come out of. Uh, yeah. You got a lot of ills too. It's a lot of ills that are drowning out the good. Because mm. it's like water rushing over everything. And it's like you'd be lucky to not get wet. Wow. Cause it's everywhere around you. And it's you're gonna have a bad day. And and I feel like for me, I moved out of the hood when I was fifteen. And that is when my life changed because I saw the world. Wow. I never seen the world outside of my little area in Philly. And going back to North Carolina to see my cousins. That was it. Philly wow. to there, that was my world. When I moved to the suburbs, my brain clicked. I was like, like yo, it's, it's on. This is one I got sad because I was like, dang, none of my friends could experience this. Because wow. I just I just had an awakening that like we've been living life on a different system. Right. <laughs> like right. a whole different like literally the cool kids were the kids who didn't do well. Got bad grades because that's why I got bad grades because I wanted right. the attention of the girls. Right. I wanted to act like I was bad. But knowing mm-hmm. I'm about to get a whooping when I get home, these right. kids, they're they not, not getting a whooping because their dad not even there. Correct. You know what I mean? A lot of my friends didn't even know their dad. I got to get a whooping <laughs> when I get right. home. But I'm playing hard in front of y'all. I'm, nah, 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 nah. Yeah. I got to go get a whooping and come back and put this act on again tomorrow. Like... But when I got to the suburbs, I realized level wow. set, level set, and everything started making sense to me. I was like, "Wow, my whole system." I was being, and mind you, I came from a pretty relatively good home, and I still was falling to it. Like right. I'm, I'm mimicking people who they were born in a less fortunate circumstance, not having two parents in the home, mm. not having really anybody that even care about them. Like mm-hmm. t- parent-teacher conference coming, my parents was always there. Right. They rarely saw other parents. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like I'm mimicking that, trying to fit in instead of trying to influence, which is crazy to me because that's really – it showed me, one, this is how the world works. The hood is the lower vibration of our thoughts. Not that everybody right. there thinks low vibrationally, but the manifestation outwardly. Mm. See it. Yes. All these abandoned buildings, abandoned yes. minds. Abandoned people. Abandoned people. Yes. Oh, that was deep. I like that. Abandoned minds, abandoned people, abandoned everything. You start seeing broken this, broken that. That's right. a manifestation of what's going on inside of the people that live there. Right. And, like, I would see the older people. It was a lady, literally my next-door neighbor. We shared the wall. She was, like, 90. Mm-hmm. And I remember she would always stop me. Why? I don't know. Leave me alone. That's literally I was thinking, like, man, please. Mm-hmm. She, she was just <laughs> rant, rant, rant. But one day she stopped me. She said, y'all young kids don't appreciate anything. And I'm thinking, wow. man, here she go with this old people stuff. But when she started to talking, this time I got it. She said, we used to have community cleanup day. Ooh. Don't, hey. 
she hit me tell with it. that. When she hit me with that, tell it. Tell it. it opened the door in my brain that was like, wow. Because so many of us in that circumstance, we would complain about the neighborhood, about white people moving in and, and gentrifying it. But when this black woman who was 90 years old said to me, we used to have community cleanup day. It hit me. I was like, dang, we changed. Yes. Because she wasn't sitting around blaming no white person. She, they, she, she 90. If she anybody did. can do it, it would be her. She experienced more life than me. Right, right. She literally was like, we, community, wow. we used to clean this up. We didn't, what, what? So when somebody else come over here, she said, y'all little Nick going to yeah. be mad. Yep. But y'all did it. Yes. You know what's interesting about what you just said? So next to my the, the street that I, I live on is a bridge. Keep in mind, I don't live on the street where the bridge is. I live one street over. Wow. But on that bridge, it will be like the most atrocious littering. People dropping beds off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Popeyes, Jack in the Box, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But like, bro, like I would literally get up every Saturday morning and I will be out there picking it up. Wow. Me. And people would always drive up and be like, yo, I want to thank you for doing that. They didn't help. And, I, and, 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 and that's what I would always ask. I would always ask, do you live in the community? They'd be like, yeah, I live around the corner. I said, well, you can come out here and help. <laughs> that sounds like the devil to them. <laughs> so let me tell you this. Let me tell you why I stopped. So my neighborhood is one of those neighborhoods that's being gentrified. And on this bridge, it's anchored by two white couples. Mm. And one morning I was out picking up trash. And I was in front of one of their houses. And she was out there and she was talking to this woman. And it was literally like three pieces of trash in front of her house. And I had my little, you know, my, my little thing that cl- picks up trash. And I'm just waiting for her to just look at me and to just acknowledge. Just to say thank you for picking that up. She didn't even look up. <laughs> the attitude that she had was, you're supposed to be doing that. Wow. That's that's how I took it. So I said, you know what? As of this moment, <laughs> I am retiring from the from 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 bridge cleanup. And you know what's interesting? That bridge magically cleans itself now. <laughs> magically, right? magically, bro. But be, 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 before I would go out there, bro, I would have two trash bags, trash can, all that stuff. Now somebody has gone so far as to put a trash can on the bridge. Wow. But I would get some, anyway. You want to hear something embarrassing? What's I, up? Uh, I don't know if I ever really shared this, but uh, when I moved to the suburbs, it was this little white kid named Billy. He was our uh, our next door neighbor, and he came over. And I remember I was eating like some snacks, some fat kid snacks. You know, I'm a big boy, so I'll probably <laughs> eat a honey bun or some shit, right? Honey buns were incredible, by the way. Hostess, oh my God. shout Insane. out to Hostess. Shout out to him. Yeah. So I was probably eating that or something, and I remember throwing it on the ground. Mm. And he was like, why would you do that? Who said that? The kid. I was in high school. Bar. I think he probably was in, like, sixth grade. <laughs> and when he said that, I'm like. It checked you. I'm like, what you mean? He's like, don't you want our neighborhood to look nice? Wow. I was like. That's amazing. He in sixth grade. And I'm in high school. And I'm coming to this nice neighborhood. My parents move us, but it's it, it taught me that you can bring old stuff to a new place and you ruin it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I like I, I reference 
uh, the Bible in the aspect of like uh, the story of the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. Like that, I feel like that idea of you have to go now, but I'm not going to destroy you. You just can't stay here. Right. Because you're going to mess it up. <laughs> like you got new, you got these new things that's going to ruin what I got going here. Right. You'll you'll mess around and kill the whole garden. So y'all just got to leave. I'm not going to like destroy all the people and things, but now you just got to move. Right. Got to move out the way. Because right. somebody else will appreciate this garden. Way more. Way more. And, and like, they're usually the color of this table. <laughs> they come in, bro. It's, it's sad when you see. I feel like a lot of people don't experience life outside of themselves. I agree with that. That to Wholeheartedly, me yes. Is why me and my wife, we travel all the time, any chance we get. And I feel like that right there, traveling, is truly God's gift. Because you start to see. It's no more assumptions. You get yes. to witness. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. when I lived in the hood, I physically lived in the hood. I have no assumptions about the hood. I lived there. I right. remember thinking I wanted to be a murderer when I grew up. Because all the kids I knew, wow. they older brothers was killers. And, oh, he's locked up in this detention center. That's what we aspire to. And that to. seemed cool. My dad was not that. Right. Why do I look? I'm looking up to somebody else because the the numbers outweigh me my dad mm. is there they don't got no dads so it's like dang am i gonna act like i got a dad or i'm gonna just and they look at me like a square oh you corny for doing for <laughs> oh, doing the call your dad <laughs> for, for, for doing the right thing but the i feel like it it made me realize why the state of our community publicly is how it is because the most forgotten person is a good man in the black yes. community. Yes. The most forgotten people. Yeah. It starts young. Because yeah. even the good kids don't really get no rewards in these schools. And they get a pat on the back. Oh, look, you got honor roll. Good job. Yeah. Here's a cookie. Yeah. The bad kids going to Chuck E. Cheese because you got to entertain them so they don't act out. Exactly. Got the girls. <laughs> got Bro, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Listen, <laughs> we had a set of, I mean, like, we, you know, we, we got the blue boys and the red boys. In, in, in Altadena and Pasadena. Okay, okay. And I remember, like, the Blue Squad, there were two brothers. Well, one was a, Latin, uh, a Latino dude and one was uh, this black guy. And, bro, their life was amazing. <laughs> at Elliott <laughs> Middle <were> School <laughs> and also at John Muir, bro, they were lit. <laughs> but the thing is, the closer it got to graduation, it really started to thin out mm. because real life was about to happen. Yeah. And when that real life happened, like, it gets... It get ugly. It get it, 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 it get ugly. But this is so we have like. Venture. By the way, we don't have to rush. Well, 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 well just well, letting you know. This is the deal. We, I love talking. You know, I love talking. With hey, you. brother, I appreciate you. We have ventured so far off the path. I got all these questions for you. We ain't touched on none of them. Oh, let's do it. Let's. We sitting here sorry. touching on community. Let's, you know what I'm saying? That's what we about, man. Hey, brother. Hey, and I and I appreciate you for it. How much does attitude play into lyrics? Ooh, attitude. Give me context, or you just want me to just grab what so, I'm hearing. So, so, when I listen to Michael Jackson, mm. Michael Jackson's whole love language was like caring for the people. Yeah. I never looked at Michael like he was banging them backs out. <laughs> Which he probably was. I don't know. But the thing is, when I looked at like Bobby Brown, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby was breaking backs. <laughs> you understand? 
Freaking backs. You know what I'm saying? So, but I mean, but that 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 that's on a funny tip. But I'm saying in terms of like just sheer love songs uh-huh. that you make so well. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. The reason why I ask you that question is, mm. how much does your attitude play into what you're writing? Because what you're writing is ultimately what you're singing, what people are receiving, what they're going to feel, and what they feel is what you omit. Um, I feel like that's me. Like, I'm literally... If my attitudes towards the lyrics I'm writing, a lot of times, I say about a good 90%. If it's me singing it and I wrote it, 90% of the time, that's real to, like, something that I desire. Mm. And I feel like, for me, I'm I'm a love child. Like, I was born on February 14th. You know Are what I'm saying? Are you serious on Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day. So, like, I feel like Jesus. that's something, one, that's something I always wanted i always wanted that like unconditional love and like just feel like and i feel like when you come from hard times you don't ever really feel that and like my parents i i hate to say it this way because i know that it wasn't their intention but i always felt like dang i'm in the way because like mm. they were so young when they had us i wow. could see all the problems whereas right. in like a lot of my friends Right. They didn't know what was going on in their house. Like I could just feel it. I'm like, dang, like we really my dad pouring the cereal. My <laughs> my dad gonna see this, he's gonna laugh. He would cover the bottom of the bowl. That's it. Like <laughs> Wait, what with, with cereal or with milk? No, with the cereal. As long as it covered the bottom <laughs> of the bowl. And <laughs> that's real, bro. Yo, my pops look, but he stretched that stretched that cereal though. Yeah, you know I mean, he really ain't have it. But he did yeah. his best. Yeah. You know what? You know what's interesting <laughs> about what you just said? There's this brother in my life. His name is Mr. Davis. And I grew up with his son. He and, he and, um, his son and I, we play basketball together. But he and I, Mr. Davis and I, we still keep in touch. Yeah. I remember when I first started hanging out with his son, we would wake up on Saturday mornings and we have like a bowl of cereal. Yeah. But we wouldn't have like the little bowl. Uh-huh. We would have the cake mix bowl. Oh, y'all was living. And, bro, listen, Shout listen. Out Mr. listen, 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 listen. <laughs> this is what he said when he come downstairs. He'd be like, man, look at the size of that bowl. Look at the size <laughs> of that bowl. Because he was in essence saying, bro, that's that that cereal is not meant for that size bowl. You should have a small bowl, bro. Yeah. So that's so funny that you're saying what you're saying. Yeah. That I, is hilarious. I, I want I want to I want to love and be loved everywhere I go. That's something that I, it's always on my mind. Like, dang, I want to love people and I want them to love me. doesn't always work that way. But right. that's something that I strive for. It's like, you know, people that I encounter, it's like, I really want to love them and I want them to love me back. But I always try to show love first. I don't really ever Amen. expect it. 
Amen. The reverse. Yeah. So when I do get it, I'm like, oh, wow, that was crazy. Yeah. Like, bro, show love or she show love, whoever. I'm like, wow, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. So I I just want you to walk with me on this question. All right, all right. Uh, okay, okay. So you and I are sitting what is commonly known in the black community as a fade. Mm-hmm. Okay. How, how, how big is the fade to your life? Oh, man. What does the fade mean to you, brother? Everything. Well, I mean, because because the thing is, I've seen like you with the line. You give me like 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 <laughs> like, like like Gerald Levert. Right, right. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, like right, like right. It, it, like it's that whole vibe. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, bro, yeah. this brother is really on with the. And there's a picture that I posted over the holiday. You got the pink suit on. Look like you in Tuscany the somewhere. One you made. I, and brother, I, I, I was appreciate in Spain. That. Yeah, I, I was in Spain. Flex. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Flex. You see me looking at the camera, pink. <laughs> Flex. You can look right here. That that's that's yours. Brother, your fade was so tight. Oh, I was like, bro, it looked like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like Jesus came down and touched your head, brother. Yeah, like, bro. like, like Jesus just touched you and just, he, he just vanished. <laughs> so tell me the importance of, because oh, man. I, I want to get to your love of anime. And like, literally, you were <laughs> one of the first people, like, I have a son who's all into anime now. But like, you were one of the first artists that I work with. And you was like, I'm looking to to tailor my my style yeah. to fit where I'm going. And I didn't understand it. So tell me, one, the importance of the fade, and then I want to know what fashion means to your life. Oh, so the fade, man, I feel like the fade for, 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 for I would say for <laughs> me, the way I articulate the fade is, it's class. Yeah. It's like a different, like, when you have that fade right, it's like it shows, yo, he cares about, his appearance, one, because if you go and get a cut, get the cut. Yeah, yeah, really get the cut. Really go in, get the fade. Oh, yeah, yeah, get that, get that. Don't do the $5 stuff. No, nah, like, no. Nah. I, I feel like, <laughs> my, <laughs> like you say Anglo-Saxon, my Anglo-Saxon brothers, they go to the hair cuttery. Yes, yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like for us, that fade is like a, another dude to see you and be like, yo, he getting money. Yes. Like that fade. Crazy. Yes, the fade like, is crazy. Yo, who you go to? And it's a one, it's a community thing because it can start yeah. a conversation. Like for me, hair haircuts in general have always been a ma- major part of my life. But that fade, when I discovered the fade. When you discover hold on one second. <laughs> is, is that how it made you feel? Yeah. Okay, okay. Like, even my girl, I'll be like, hold on, chill. Let me get my fade. She be acting different. I get the fade. She like, ooh. I'm like, yeah. I start talking deeper. Don't you? Don't you? It's different. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, so so Pink Planet and Pink Moon, they have a, a very strong anime vibe. Yeah, like sure. the art on the front is is just very anime. How does anime influence your visit your your visual cadence and also your mm. writing? I would say it opens my mind to possibilities because mm. i feel like as a physical person it's only so much you can do right. right so with anime i feel like it opens the possibilities of uniqueness wow it's like everything can be whatever you want it to be and like just the styling and the proportions of the body that you can do it's interesting because in real life it would look very weird mm. you know what i'm saying it's mm. like all right if i had like the skinny chest wide hips Right, skinny legs that looks weird in real life, but right. for some reason, 
on the screen or on that paper or whatever. It just has a different appeal. And I, that's something I'm always still curious about. I'm always trying to find out why am I intrigued by this? Right. And I feel right. like for me, it's I, right now the answer I've come up with is just possibilities. It feels like endless possibilities because you can articulate your brain onto this paper versus like I can't make me look like just anything. Right. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the idea of anime is like, yo, you can build your own world here. Literally. Literally. But like, you can do that in real life too, actually. You 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 can, but I'm saying like literally I can I can eat batteries in anime. Right. You like you can't eat batteries in real life. Right. Like right. metaphorically, it can send a sign to your brain of like, yo, I need to eat for energy. But mm-hmm. in, the, in the anime, it's like he's just eating batteries. Right. Like, you can just play with so many things, and literally, it just fulfills, like, that inner child for me. Like, it's just like, yo, man, like, I got, I feel like uh, anime understands me. <laughs> it's like, wow. yo, I'm a weird person. Like, I think a lot of kids, we have, you know, these these things that we can't really articulate, and then you see it on anime, Mm-hmm. It just connects with you. You're just like, yo, yes. I just feel weird. Like, that just is my thing. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I can't explain it. Right. So the other question I have for you, I have several, but I'm 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 going to slice to them. Um, as an artist, what would you say your value proposition is? Mm. What do you mean, like a business? No, I mean, well, you know, like everything worthwhile has a value proposition. There's a reason why we connected. We connected because, one, I value your lyricism. I value your talent. Mm. I value your cadence, your intelligence. You value my attention to detail. Oh, my God. How I'm on point with my dates. Love and not and, and, and not. and pricing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you don't exactly. hit me with the, yeah. mm, how much do I need for my rent this week? No. That's how much I'm going to charge. No, 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 no. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You're very exactly. consistent. Yeah. And yeah, so for, for for to answer that, yeah. I guess for me, I value most my 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 ideas because uh, those things they can change daily. But I feel like the way that I come about my ideas and the way that they come to me, I feel I feel like I'm a a portal. Ooh, like I feel like I was blessed enough to not have my portal closed because we all are portals from, mm-hmm. from being you. From from being our in our youth, we're all portals. We're born being portals for ideas and things to happen. But what happens is society yeah. drains you so much and they close the portal because they need you to do what they want you to do. Correct. And you can't do that if the portal's open. Correct. I never did that thing. Wow. That I've always done what I wanted to do. Mm. Which is like a child if you think about it. And I I think it's a in the Bible they say it's, uh it's almost I'm I'm paraphrasing remain as a child kind of thing yes like yes because a child doesn't think they know everything because they know they don't know everything right but they're confident in not knowing anything you right. see kids pick up stuff that is a knife right confidently <laughs> about to cut their whole hand off right right you are crazy right. Right. But that's what life is. Wow. You know? And yeah. for me, I'm blessed that my portal is still open, and I, I hope to stay that way. Now, growing up, were you into fashion at all? 
Oh my God! Yes, I love. I, so delve deep, like it. like like like. Tell me where you were in terms of like your fashion. What what like what brands were you into, or was it just like a look? It was it was always a look because I didn't really have money, mm-hmm. and, I, and I always hated letting myself down. So yeah. once I once I started yeah. to look at brands, like I really love love Ralph Lauren. Yeah, love Ralph Lauren, and mm-hmm. and not because of the polos either. Everybody mm-hmm. wear those, but just because I love the brand, it always came off just looks like I was just like, man, this is luxurious. Like, yeah, man. Whenever I would see like older gentlemen wearing it, I'm like, this is a very distinguished gentleman. Right. Like, he looks right. like he's doing something. Right. Um, so right. it was Ralph Lauren for me. Um, but more so it was a look that I was trying to, I guess, emulate or create for myself. And yeah, I was always the kid dressing different. You know what I mean? Like when I was younger, I would just go online sometimes, find these off-brand uh, shoes. It's actually a pair of shoes people wear today. I cannot, I don't know the name of them, but I had those shoes when I was in high school. So this was probably like 2009. Wow. I had those same shoes, but they were like this Asian company. They would sell on this off-brand website, and they weren't. There wasn't like a stamped name at the time. It was just a random like shoe, like no no brand or nothing attached to it. it was but it was fire, fire. And I saw it, and I was like, "Yo, that's the same shoe." Oh my goodness! And yeah. I was just like, "Wow!" Like so many fashion things that I would, cause I would just seek out things like, especially when the internet came about. I'm like, "Yo." I would type in like little cartoon things I've seen, and then I would try to find something that matches that in real life. Wow! So like wow. satchels, like people wear the satchels. I know it's like controversial now, uh-huh. but to me, I had because I moved to the suburbs, I saw people wearing them. Right. And I knew people that looked like me didn't wear them. Right. This is like two thousand and seven. Wow. Black people was not wearing satchels at all. No. Wow. No, nobody was wearing satchels. Like, literally, in my school, I think especially, I was the only person that had a satchel that wasn't white. Was it frowned upon? No, because nobody thought nothing of it. No, I'm talking about when you would go back to the city. We just never went back to the city once oh, okay. we moved out. Oh, so you was like, yeah, I'm good yeah, out here. I, I got my confidence <laughs> out here. <laughs> but, yeah, I, wore, I would wear the satchel. And uh, and I, I, I got made fun of a little bit for the satchel, but... I realize that people make fun of things they don't understand. Correct. And then once they get it, they copy it. Correct. So, you know who said that to me first? There's a brother named Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler. Yeah, he used to, he used to play for, uh, he won a championship with the Dallas Mavericks. Okay. So play for the Lakers, play for the Rockets, play for the, the New York Knicks. He, he used to say that when, when I first started dressing him, he has his own style. Yeah. He's a very, he's a very stylish dude. But he's from like, you know, I believe it's Hayward, California. Very rural. I'm like, I never heard of that. I mean, it's it's like extremely rural, but like he went to Dominguez and Compton, jumped right from high school to the league. Chris Paul, who plays for the Phoenix Suns now, yeah. was one of his teammates. He said that they used to tease him so bad about his narrow pants. <laughs> and now, bro. Now everybody got him. And now everybody on him. Yeah. That's how it goes, though. That how, yeah, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Now, what part of the world influenced your style, would you say? I mean, you, 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 I know that you like anime, but I know you also like Ralph Lauren. So is it is it London? Because that's what Ralph Lauren mm. pretty much was pushing, a, a London aesthetic, but he was actually from the projects in New York. See, I have this belief 
that a lot of times people take their style from somewhere else. Absolutely. So the more I looked into Ralph Lauren, to me, this is my personal opinion, it looked like he mimicked Asian culture. Oh, Because wow. it wasn't branded yet. Wow. Okay. And okay. I started to look, and I'm like, number one, Asian people be cool as hell, man. Bruh. Listen, there was an Asian dude here <laughs> before you got here. His name is Caleb Lin. He owns a, uh, a brand called Good Fight. Yep. And I told him, he's like, what else you got planned today? I said, I'm about to uh, interview the great Pink Sweats. And he was like, what? Yo, you got to connect us. He said, bro, that dude's voice isn't. I said, I already know. I, <laughs> that's why he's coming. Yeah. I feel like I, dude, I, I, when I looked in, when I started to look, and I'm saying Asian culture because I, at the time I didn't notice that when there was a difference. I mean, mm. I'm saying that very specifically. Now I know there's a difference, but at the time when I was looking, I was just looking at Asian culture, right? And uh, pretty much was whatever was more popular. Whether it was like uh, I don't even want to say because I, I don't want anybody upset me. Okay, but I would just look okay. and I would notice like, dang, these motherfuckers is cool as hell. Like they had the swag. And like the way they was putting their fits together, and and I would look, and I'm like, dang, if I'm gonna follow my intuition mm-hmm. on how Europeans move, they always take stuff. Always. I don't think I know of anything that was originated in Europe. I don't know, except for maybe taking stuff. Hate, <laughs> hate, hate. <laughs> I don't know. Colonialism. So I started thinking, like, man, maybe they got their style from here, and. I really started to like look into Asian culture and I was obsessed because I was like, dang, like in America, we think black people are the coolest people on the whole planet. Mm-hmm. But also we don't even look at the whole planet. So it's like talk that gospel, man. You see somebody wearing a satchel, you're like, oh, he's fashionable. It's like they people do that already. He just the first to do it here. You know what I'm saying? And I'm I'm not saying we don't have a cool aspect, but I think we hold on to the cool so much that we miss out on so much other stuff. Wow. What you... Like okay. shout, shout out to you by the way. As a I father, be... I f- I just think that watching you like how you work with your kids and like you bring them with doing what you're doing. Yeah. I can't let that be slept on, bro, because Thank you, brother. So many guys don't do that or they're doing it in a negative way. Yeah. It's like you're really kind of just exposing. Yeah. You're not telling them you have to do this or you have to do what I'm doing. You're just exposing them to the things that dad is doing. It's like, yo, and you're giving them the opportunity to be proud through you, which will in turn make them proud of themselves. Correct. As they grow older, because if you can't have pride in the people who created you, a.k.a. your mom and your dad. Yes. It makes it more difficult to find confidence as a person. Oh, my God. It does because it's like, dang, the people that created me, I don't even rock with them like that. Right, right. <laughs> so where does that leave me as a person? So I feel like shout out to you for, you know, you know, bringing your boys around and just so that they can be exposed to what's happening. They're not, you know, they're not completely oblivious to what you do. I, I appreciate you, brother. And I thank you for your time. This Man, has appreciate been, you, brother. Oh, brother. Brother, not a problem. This has been another episode of The Measurables, shot by Cali Vision, powered by Revolt. See you next time. Peace.
When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.